0: In order to know virtue, we must first acquaint ourselves with vice. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being here, especially considering it's taken us, the hostesses, such a long time to get here. Sorry, for those of you who heard that little (laughs) slap in the corner... We all have name tags on, so we remember who we are and mine keeps like sliding off. So yeah, that was just a little help from my it's on there. That's it. Co-host just Tiffany sure here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks, um, to Tiffany. <laughs> all right. <laughs> R.C. R.C. Anyway, yeah, so we have been trying to do this four months. It has taken such a long time. I mean, fuck COVID. Dear God. <laughs> um We've all, had, We've it all now. had it. We've all missed Podcast one, at And once. two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we're finally all here to do the first episode. So we are taking you into the deep, dark world of the sexual elite. We are starting with chapter one of Vice. It's a fabulous book. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, so I am Hunter. I'll be Hunter with you for the next 20 chapters. And then we have my co-hosts, The Charming. Darcy. And the wonderful... Tiffany. Um, Astrid wished she could be here, but she is uh, literally tied up somewhere else at the moment, and so we're hoping she'll show her face. Isn't she always? She does this all the time. (laughs) 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 Or parts of her, you know, eventually. Um, But you'll always have us, your dedicated hosts, and then hopefully Astrid or a stand-in will be available um, for each chapter. The good news
1: is... That we'll always have a new story of where Astrid was the podcast before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's never, never dull, it? Never, never dull. a dull moment, no. no. Mm. Okay, so let's dive straight in. Ready? We are, we're going to the hall. It's chapter one. And to quote the fabulous Audrey Hepburn, life is a party, so you better dress like it. What to pack for the dinner party, Hunter wondered. Usually, this was a simple enough question. A half-decent bottle of wine and some supermarket-bought flowers were all that were generally required for such an occasion. But tonight was different. Tonight, the party was to be held at The Hall. And this would require something a good deal more glamorous and a great deal more risque than most others. Not to mention at least two costume changes, one of them latex. Hunter stood in front of the gilt mirror, critically evaluating each outfit as appropriate to dinner party attire. I mean, appropriate, you know, mm. depends where you're going. <laughs> um, for anybody who's really confused, I'm Hunter in this scenario. Just go with it. Um, she'd already dismissed the cold black cobra skin Louboutins she was wearing as far too painful to last the night. I've tried those, and they are so uncomfortable.
1: Can't <laughs> say I've ever had the pleasure.
0: <laughs> not yet. Not. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are definitely shoes for sitting drinking cocktails. Um, or as part of a lingerie ensemble where she knew she wouldn't be on her feet for long. Not for an extended evening of debauchery such as this. To complement the excruciating fuck me heels she was still wearing, she was coated in a skin tight Negroni red latex dress. This will definitely work for after dinner, she decided, but seriously, which shoes? Hunter shivered slightly. Latex was beautiful and completely lust inducing, but also incredibly chilly when first put on. Funny that they never show that bit at fetish fairs, she thought with a <laughs> wry smile. Standing 5 foot and 8 inches, even without her signature heels, Hunter was taller than most women, and when she went for her preferred four-inch stilettos, she was eye-to-eye with most men. I can, like, feel the pain
1: <laughs> of those four-inch stilettos.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I'm also wishing I was this tall.
1: Yeah. I couldn't probably, possibly I imagine mean... what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you've not worn heels in, like, ten years. <laughs> <Very true. laughs>
0: She'd been called statuesque and curvy for entire adult life, and her figure was certainly more bootable than catwalk. But she remained lithe and toned, which complemented her enviable cleavage and shippy legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. It also helped that... Oh, sorry. I'm completely lost now. Yes, it also yeah, helped either. that she'd been given such an androgynous and unusual name. Hunter, which, by the way, if you're American, I know you're thinking this is a guy. I promise you it's really not. Um, had a vaguely masculine air to it, which was a delicious uh-huh. counterpoint to her incredibly obvious and deliberately hypersexualized femininity she often precipitated delighted surprise in those she was meeting for the first time. People who, upon seeing the name Hunter Blair, had assumed a gung-ho Scottish country gentleman type and whose expectations were quickly recalibrated when she arrived, slightly heeled, corseted, with eyes flashing an amused challenge at their misconception. Give Marilyn Monroe a makeover, a master's degree and a BDSM fetish, and you got Hunter. Hunter glanced again at the invitation, which lay coquettishly against her mirror dressing table seeming to walk her award-win decision, and I think Darcy can tell us what the invitation contained. Richard and Tiffany invite you to the
2: hall on Friday, October 12th. Join us for dinner, drinks, debauchery and debasement. Dress code, cleavage and heels, ladies. Waistcoat, gentlemen. Following this, a shoot shall take place in the grounds on the Saturday... For this, dress to kill.
0: Well, it's Tiffany's party, so cleavage and heels were easy (coughs) enough. If you threw a stiletto heel into Hunter's wardrobe, it would be hard not to hit something that would work. But the shoot was another matter entirely. There was absolutely nothing in Hunter's own wardrobe that was sturdy or plain enough to suffice. Fortunately, she knew that if the worst came to the worst, she could borrow from Tiffany's ample supply of country casual, which actually wouldn't be such a bad thing at all. I mean, you do have quite a lot, dear. I certainly do. <laughs> You've got to be prepared for every occasion. <laughs> all that tweed. Oh. <laughs>
1: does give me shivers like young young farmers well
0: you've definitely tried there well we are in Scotland it's not like there's not that many to choose okay moving on moving on Tiffany Hadley one of Hunter's dearest friends a confidant a kindred spirit and a consummate dinner party hostess Hunter knew the drill inevitably Tiffany would have orchestrated some sort of temporary liaison for her for the event Although Hunter was never completely convinced whether the benefit of such fix-up was intended for herself or for the sex-starved colleague of Richard that was usually on offer. Probably the latter, she thought. She didn't mind, though. Even though Tiffany got it completely and somehow charmingly wrong the majority of the time, there was occasionally someone entertaining enough for an evening or potentially even a weekend. Absolutely never more, though. Hunter frequented dinners at the Hall because they were gorgeous, glamorous... And pretty much the only excuse that she had to show off the best of her wardrobe with her other similarly inclined female friends. Of course, those ladies are sitting here with me just now. Yep. Unfortunately, the likes of it's stockings, suspenders and latex are usually frowned upon in polite company. Who's got time for polite company? I know. Mm-hmm. More is the bitter. Just an FYI, there's no polite company in this book. No. Oh! Absolutely not. <laughs> This will get more slick as we move on, but I probably should have said at the start something about, um, this is not... Explicit? Yeah. yeah. Not intended. We definitely clicked that explicit yeah. <laughs> button. <laughs> Which I had to be told to do. But yeah. By her husband. <laughs> <laughs> what is it they say same? my dad wrote a porno? It contains all the good stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if you're easily offended, I would suggest bowing out gracefully now. Hunter stood in front of the mirror. Okay. She was decided. She slid a plunging blood red long sleeve shift dress into her overnight bag. That, coupled with some matching red stilettos, would do for dinner. She then peeled off the latex she was wearing and put that too alongside some matching PVC heels. Tacky, but cute, she smirked. She probably wouldn't be in them that long anyway. Finally, she looked through her lingerie drawer, just in case something even more revealing was called for later in the evening. She carefully moved her gold nipple-tassel chain its play suit from its opulent protective box and added that to the selection. It was her very favourite outfit.
2: I mean, mine too. I mean, you know it's good if it's in a protective box. <laughs> it's where I keep
0: all my best things. I mean, the best laundry comes in such things. And vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. We're coming on to that later in the story. God, calm yourself. <laughs> Did I like, say too much? <laughs> she never failed to feel like a goddess whenever she wore it. She would slip the chains over her head and feel the cold weight caress her skin and be completely empowered. Done, she said, examining the contents of her bag. As she leaned down to close it, she felt a flutter of excitement in her stomach.
1: At the same time as Hunter was selecting the perfect wardrobe for what was essentially a glorified orgy with canopies, Tiffany, the consumerate dinner party hostess... And you are. ...was trying not to lose her almost infinite supply of patience and stab her housekeeper, Marissa, with a corkscrew. She was currently holding, somewhat too tightly, in her curled fist. Yes, no, I understand what you're saying, Marissa, she hissed through the gritted teeth, but what I'm saying is I have 10 people arriving for dinner in two hours, and yet for some reason, now is when you decide it's appropriate to polish the silver? It's the decanters, Marissa responded, clearly harassed and not little cow. Little? Not a little cow. Not a little (laughs) cow. Sorry. It takes quite a lot to carry, but but this managed somehow. Richard told us he wanted them for dinner. The stag had one specifically. Tiffany took a deep breath. She loved her husband dearly but sometimes she wanted to crush his head in one of the aforementioned stag's head decanters. She'd married a man twice her age. Richard was well into his 50s, but had the same energetic capacity as a speed-addled spaniel. There was always some scheme or activity, some plot or business idea that he was currently immersed in. This unstoppable attitude extended to every part of his life, including his parties. It was definitely a double-edged sword, People came from all over the world to attend so famous were the parties that he threw but it was tiffany that had to deal with the endless planning and inevitable
0: post bacchanal 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 you I host swear, these parties and they're always terrible i can't even read <laughs> you can drink, though, this is though. the author's
1: fault for yeah maybe i've had too much wine yeah anyway <laughs> tiffany knew that there was no need for these particular decanters at dinner No one would even remotely aware of their absence. But just because they were going stocking tomorrow, Richard had insisted. Once he had an idea, he was like a bloody bull terrier, and he wouldn't let go until he'd seen it through to fruition. Or just as often to destruction. I love that phrase.
0: phrase. (laughs) Oh well thank you. I made
1: it up all myself. (laughs) Now her dinner party was running late because Marissa was busy polishing, when she should have been setting everything up in the dining room. At Richard's instruction, Tiffany had also been wearing the nipple clamps for over an hour now, and she had been starting to let them get to her. She adored the sex games between herself and her husband, but the
0: overlap with real life could be both figuratively and literally unbearable. (laughs) I mean, who hasn't been there? Well, I know. You know, out for dinner or getting ready for dinner, nipple clamps, I mean, God, they do start to chafe after a while.
2: (laughs) I do feel though there's a time and a place, and when you're (laughs) organising, you should really be
1: organising. Darcy, difficult time. <laughs> the, <laughs> most, the most organized girl. Breathe. Tiffany, just let it go. Just let it go. She repeated this mantra over and over in her head. She often practiced thinking in a British accent instead of her cutesy Indiana drawl. And it is so cutesy. It's so cutesy. <laughs> I'm going to be speaking like this tomorrow. So. <laughs> Your work colleagues would be like, oh, <laughs> what an interesting turn. <laughs> It'll probably turn my sales meetings really exciting. Well, she to listen to this. Happy Tuesday! <laughs> I'm still in character. Okay, stop. She had thought it would help her transition more easily to life in the UK. She'd begun, to pra- she'd begun the practice back in her student days, studying at Glasgow University, and it was a habit that she'd never completely managed to break, despite having been in the country over half a decade. Thank you, Marissa, she said, flashing the sweet but brittle smile. I know it's not your fault, but please, if Richard has any other requests, just tell him to sod... Off, Sought off. It sounds so <laughs> polished in an American accent.
0: It's so British as well, isn't it? Yeah. Sought off. Sought off.
2: I've heard <coughs> that in ages. <laughs> I know. Great. I'm going to use that. Well, no, I won't. i work
1: tomorrow. But I will use that. Oh my god, I'll use that when it works tomorrow mm-hmm. so work tomorrow in this accent. Tiffany was still relatively new to life in Scotland. But nobody who knew Tiffany prior to her move could have doubted the work it would have taken to accustom herself to the new country. Tiffany was American, with a capital A- She'd been in she'd been a cheerleader and a sorority sister and had been on track to marry her high school sweetheart until the cruel fate. Or, in this case, a 50-year-old pervert. is not a 50
0: year old pervert. It's always a 50-year-old it's pervert. Who's had a friend who's disappeared off with a 50-year-old pervert at some point? Um I'm holding up my hand. I, Nobody can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew I think I knew someone who'd done that. Yeah. And he was minted. Well, of course.
1: You they, you, they, I mean, they <laughs> usually are. They there's a female. They also have to
0: be. He's not going to be broke, is he? Imagine you're 22. You're not going to go up with some. He yeah. might have a very large house. <laughs> very large house. Even then. You never know. You know, there's a stealing. There's a what's was it, Samantha Jones said? And, what's your age thing for them? <laughs> oh my god, that
1: episode when she was with that like 80 year old. I still can't. Yeah, yeah, no.
0: There's not enough money in the world. No. Nope. Anyway, back to Tiffany. Okay. Um, where were we, 50 year old
1: pervert? i we everywhere. <laughs> However, she was also kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was also kind, classy, and when pressed, oh, had a core of solid steel. She was now married to the aforementioned Richard, or as he was referred to in less subtle and arguably but more honest society dick hard (laughs) in reference to his several wives and countless mistresses. Well, he would have to have a big house to put all his mistresses. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tiffany looked like she should be called candy or brandy. Yet, in reality, there was so much more to her than that. For one thing, she actually loved Richard. This incorrigible and infuriating man-child with his air of What? Not sadness. He was too in love with life to be sad. And it was... What
0: was that word?
1: Melancholy. Melancholy. This is where (laughs) we should
0: practice first. I know.
1: (laughs) Or even something as specific as dissatisfaction. No, it was none of those things. But that made it to the most poignant, as there was nothing you could specifically put your finger on. It was undeniably there, though. There was definitely something, something in this billionaire ringmaster's. There we go, billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> <cast> Has <that laughs> left an indelible stain of loss, like an elegant watermark on his opulent opulent, opulent. <laughs> <cannot> reading. Okay? <laughs> it's okay, <you're> fine. <laughs> Welcome to it's Tiffany's terrible reading, um, <clears throat> office of stationery.
0: So imperishable. As underline, I (laughs) can't. Poor Tiffany's having a hard time today. It's okay, sweetheart. This is not your, you know, native accent. (gasps) Oh my God! Yeah. (laughs) Try doing this and putting on an American accent at the same time.
1: You are doing well. As to underline its own significance by its very subtly. That may be why Tiffany complimented him so well, as she was in no way... Melancholy. Melancholy. (laughs) Or or subtle. Got your back? I can do subtle. (laughs) No, you can't. I can't do subtle. She was completely blonde, brassy, bombshell, burlesque, and bordello.
0: As you are in real life, so can we just take a minute? There we go.
1: Except I'm not blonde, but I'm not telling anyone what character I am.
0: Uh, Now everybody is going to ask. I know, I know,
1: I know. Hunter had been as skeptical as all the rest of her friends when Tiffany had told her about the man she was seeing. It was so much of a cliche as to have almost ceased to even be a cliche anymore. Hot young girl hooks up with rich older man. Predictable, finite, depressing. She spent a summer at university working on his ranch in Texas, and in a delightful twist of irony, his then wife had actually somewhat amusingly been called Candy. Clearly, that didn't last. Richard favoring a younger brassier model, they began an affair, and when she'd finished her job on the ranch, he flew her over... no, he flew her over to numerous European cities where he lavished her with gifts, attention, a hotel room destroying sex. Within six months, he was, a, he was divorcing. A year later, he was engaged, and now they'd been married a respectful, respectable. And some would say, frankly astonishing, three whole years. I would say that
0: was frankly astonishing. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. I mean, get on them, they're clearly alone. I want to go to
1: European cities.
0: (laughs) And have hotel room destroying sex. Just find your Uh,
1: big dick. (laughs) Dick hard. Dick hard. hard, hard. (laughs) I don't really want him to be 50, if I'm honest, for this time. Needs must. Needs must. (laughs) There's no fuss. (laughs) Um, The first time that Hunter had been introduced to Richard by Tiffany had been in the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh. That particular evening had participated one of the worst hangovers of Hunter's life. A taxi ride from Edinburgh to Glasgow, paid for by Richard of course, and a drunken striptease which began as soon as she had opened the front door of her flat and ended when she had hit her bed, much to her flatmate's amusement. He had deliberately left her clothes in a mural of shame on the floor for her to find the next day. Whatever you might say about Richard and Tiffany, evenings spent with them were most certainly never dull. And dull was what Hunter hated more than anything in this world. That night had been three years ago, right before... They're opulent. Opulent, again. Opulent. Oh my god, that was the same word! <laughs> ah, at a Scottish country house wedding, and they were still going strong. Issues with nipple clamps and decanters notwithstanding. I mean, who doesn't have issues with nipple clamps and decanters? Nonwithstanding, Nonwithstanding.
2: It's
0: every day. It's every day. I mean, my
2: relationship, we don't go through a day without mentioning the (laughs) nipple and decanters.
1: Is that um, in between your jigsaw puzzles? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there aren't jigsaw puzzles without the decanters and nipple obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Tiffany was perpetually still pitching for a transfer down south to what she considered the real UK. But Hunter was hopeful Scotland would eventually become her real home. She never missed an opportunity to regale her friend with historic and contemporary sup- superiority of Scotland. From the friendliestness of people to the strength of the drinks.
0: We are friendly and we do fuck you up with the strength of our drinks. 100%. <laughs> okay, I mean, well done, Tiffany. I think yeah. that deserves a cheer. I think, you think that through. does deserve a cheers. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a really long day. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to just stress, we haven't really practiced this because we're just so desperate to get out there and have a good time. That were balls really, to the wall I really wish I could say that English wasn't my first language <laughs> <laughs> you can say that Scottish isn't your first language and American's mm-hmm. not your first accent yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're your best shot. yeah oh also the the flatmate mentioned in the the story just there he will be joining us actually at the end of the month for the next he will yeah, he will oh, be yeah, perhaps of one of our guests yes he will tell us the, the true story of that uh, debauched evening that oh he can God. remember because Hunter clearly doesn't <laughs> um, so Hunter loved the journey up to the hall Technically, it was possible to get there by train, but it was so convoluted that driving was always preferable. Anybody who's tried to get a train to the Highlands and Islands of Scotland will agree. Yeah, the not ro- not happening. No, no, no. Well, absolutely not. Need a car. <laughs> the road wound through the Highlands of the sorry, the hillsides of the Central Highlands, and it didn't matter how many times Hunter did the journey, she always found it breathtaking. The whole was a good three hours from the centre of Edinburgh, so you know those of you nerds can work out roughly where we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth the effort. As Hunter left Edinburgh, she felt a rush of exhilaration, leaving the city behind and heading out into the wilds of Scotland. The weather was closing in, but she didn't mind. It added an ominous and vaguely dangerous atmosphere to her journey. She watched the sky darkening as she skirted one of the many lochs that made the road to the so winding, although also so beautiful. Even in the darkening atmosphere, the loch shimmered in the remaining light and seemed alive as the wind caught the surface, making it mist and bounce. Hunter gasped in fright. Suddenly she had to swerve to avoid the stag that just bounded out onto the road, She didn't even have time to check the other lane, she just swerved instinctively. She missed it by a hair. Gasping, she slowed right down and looked behind her. The stag had stopped in the middle of the road. It was streaked with light breaking through the drizzling clouds. Perhaps it was in shock, but it just stood there, breath steaming against the freezing air. Hunter felt her heart hammering in her chest as she continued driving, slowly, looking back at the road. There was nowhere to stop where she'd pull in and collect herself, but she had no choice but to keep driving. She glanced back into the, her real mu- oh, she glanced back into her real view mirror, but the animal had gone. By the time Hunter reached the driveway that led to the hall, she was much calmer. She'd pulled off the main road at a slight depression in the dense fir trees that lined away, a depression you would only notice if you knew it was there. An entrance into the forbidden, forbidden forest indeed. She turned into the forest and stopped at the enormous wrought iron gates. She slowly drove forward and they opened, revealing the curve of an ornate driveway that quickly disappeared into the trees. Hunter, remember Tiffany telling her about it when she made her first journey there, honey. I'm going to do Tiffany's accent. I'm going to fail,
1: honey.
0: Hey. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. When you get through the gates, the driveway is super long. If you've been driving along it for about twenty minutes, seemingly in the middle of nowhere, don't worry. You're on exactly the right track. I mean, that could
1: be. Yeah, that. that was pretty good. I mean, you did really like it. You definitely went Scottish in between. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I also feel like if
2: you've been driving anywhere for 20 minutes, seemingly into the middle of nowhere, you're definitely on the right track in Scotland, <laughs> wherever you're going, because it's always going to feel like that. Yes, I love that. A little that. bit. <laughs>
1: everyone has
0: been in that As situation. soon as you leave the city, you're like, just drive 20 minutes in the middle of nowhere. There you are. You've got it. For any tourist and Americans listening, that's true. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, take that as gospel. Uh, Richard certainly seemed to like his privacy. I mean, I think now we know why. That was for sure. It took her, Hunter, the requisite 20 minutes to negotiate the drive. The road was slow going. As it was single track and there were so many bends, it was impossible to see through the trees. Then, as if it was magic there by some Marlinesque magician, the hall. In the dark and the rain, the facade of the hall looked like a medieval masterpiece. Not quite a castle, but imposing nonetheless. And in Scotland, not quite a castle is still pretty fucking imposing. Pretty much a castle to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The near-miss with the stag had unnerved her, and Hunter sat in her car for a few minutes, listening to the rain fall rhythmically against her windscreen before she steeled herself to rush inside. The wind tore her hair as she attempted to get her things from the boot with minimum upset but maximum speed. Then she ran, her heels sinking through the stones of the driveway under the stone archway that framed the front door. Again, anybody getting out of a car and into a house in Scotland has gone through that exact experience. Yeah. Yeah. Although a guest, Andrea was expected to let herself in and find her bedroom without help. She had, after all, been at the hall at least a dozen times over the years. She considered it a privilege she was so trusted, and at moments like this she appreciated that she didn't have to confront anyone with her rain-lashed face and wind-tessled hair.
2: Not always the look you're going for when you arrive at these things in (laughs) Scotland. You always need that minute to compose yourself once you've got there.
0: But you always turn up
1: literally with your hair like flat to your head because you've been (laughs) caught. A bit
0: wet, yeah. Yeah. Mascara, just streaming. (laughs) And Hunter in particular would never present herself that way. That was me turning up to yours on New Year's Eve.
1: (laughs) After my (laughs) bus journey by myself because no one else was on the bus.
0: And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, Hunter shivered, gathered up her overnight case and opened the door into the hall and whatever lay ahead for the evening. Hunter knew which room was to be hers. She was always given the most gothic of the many bedrooms. Plus, she knew that her friends would be waiting for her to arrive and go over all of the outfit changes and ideas for later. Sure enough, as she navigated through the labyrinthine hallways, she heard Roche's laughter coming from Tiffany and Richard's room. She hurried in to join the fun.
2: You want us to do what with them? Darcy inquired, looking at the small pink plastic egg that nestled in her palm with curiosity and a little trepidation. Darcy Bell was the third woman in the kinky quartet and Hunter's oldest and
0: dearest friend. And also the most organised. Well,
1: yeah. (laughs) I wonder why we picked these characters. (laughs) Don't know what you're talking about. This is the person who walks down every aisle in the supermarket. Every single time. Well, you don't want to miss anything. (laughs) I literally can't bear it. (laughs)
2: Oh, it's going to be so freaking awesome, Astrid exclaimed. Okay, so when we serve the champagne, there will be six remotes on the tray and each guy will take a remote at random. The remotes correspond to one of these, obviously. Astrid continued grinning wildly and almost tripping over the words in her excitement to get them out. If you manage not to have a breathy orgasm at the dinner table, you win. But if you give in and anyone notices you come, then the guy who's got your remote wins. The kicker, of course, is that none of us know who's got our remotes. See? Totally freaking awesome, she finished with a flourish. Well, Hunter began with a slow smile. If it's a test of discretion, di- Discretion. Yeah. we know who's got the upper hand already. As she finished, all the women turned to look at Darcy, who gave an acknowledging wink.
0: Never mind the upper hand, can we just acknowledge with how much strength Darcy said there would come there? It was <laughs> like, she couldn't wait. Where is this party? <laughs> I, I mean, I felt that's the way that should have been read. I'll be honest, I...
1: also the way he said breathy. I was literally <laughs> like,
0: whoa. You're
1: really, I love this. This is great.
2: I read things the way they are supposed to sound. Uh Um, (laughs) Can't fault you there. Part (laughs) of the job, ladies. (laughs) Astrid was without a doubt the craziest and most uninhabited of the four women. Astrid was a kaleidoscope of absolute debauched chaos and catastrophe. There were adjectives not yet conceptualised that
0: would one day describe the pixie-haired powerhouse that was Astrid Stevens. This is the darling Astrid who will join us. She promises promises. It's just this week, as we said, she is unavoidably detained under the lash of some charming gentleman.
1: It should make a good story for next week, though. I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Now this is my sort of game, though, Hunter.
1: Knowing Richard,
2: the prize would be champagne and a different kind of sex toy presented to whichever pair managed to keep a lid on their dinnertime pleasure. Hunter had amassed quite a collection of exotic sex toy prizes from dinner parties at the hall. But How not as many all? as Darcy! <laughs> I mean, if Darcy. I play, I play to win. <laughs> That's Gee. fair. That's fair, yeah. Astrid was no doubt the architect of this little debauchery. She was the most sexually adventurous person Hunter had ever met, completely uninhibited, fun and feisty. She was also scarily naive, considering her wealth of experience, and on more than one occasion had gotten herself into potentially c- catastrophic situation. Somehow, though, she'd always managed to land on her feet. Hunter knew that Tiffany really worried about Astrid sometimes, The two of them were best friends. She also knew that Astrid had famously fucked every one of Tiffany's brothers at Tiffany's own wedding. Sorry to bring that up again. <laughs> <Brothers> <laughs> yes.
1: Kate, it's a sore <laughs> spot! There are no words! There are no words.
2: But as Tiffany had put it at the time, extremely concerned, although not at all put out, at what point does that stop being a gangbang and just become an outward manifestation of complete lack of self respect? The sentiments still nagged at Hunter sometimes, like chip nail varnish on an otherwise perfect manicure that you just couldn't ignore. It was true that Astrid was not careful in any sense of the word. Maybe it was the stripper thing. Astrid was the quintessential ex-stripper with seven, sometimes conflicting personalities, zero self-awareness, and an MBA. She was, in a way, the tacky success story of 100 bad movies. She went from stripper to marketing manager because, as she said, if you don't have an exit strategy in place by the time you're 30, then you're fucked. Your tits start to go south, you can't compete with these 21-year-old Eastern Europeans. You are fucked. This was why, at 27, she had earned her before taking a job at the marketing company owned by one of her clients. In fact, it was earning her MBA that also earned her the three best friends she would ever make over the course of her life.
0: Aww. Aww. <laughs> I least we're on there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> think it might be.
0: <laughs> the women had first
2: become friends all those years ago. They were all at Glasgow University, studying various, very different degrees. Hunter was doing her master's in ancient history. Obviously, cause I'm a massive nerd. Of course. Whereas Ashton was doing her aforementioned MBA, already actioning her escape plan from stripping in motion. And Darcy outdoing them all in academics naturally, but was undertaking an additional MCS in something medical. Hunter could never remember exactly what it was, but it sounded impressively technical. Still does. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tiffany was studying equine science, of all things, which Hunter was convinced was her way of actually studying how to become... An English princess. I mean it is really sweetheart, is it not? I mean egg Science, What the fuck is that? I, I mean really I'm no genuinely <laughs> I, yeah, genuinely asking, what is it? Yeah, what is that? It's what
1: you did with all the horses. Horses.
0: Horses, of course. <laughs> yes. I love horses. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, was well, riding my way around England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and obviously on the ranch with the original. <laughs> well, yeah, the, well there we go. Yeah, our Big Dick is Darcy Callson. B- big is Big Dick who clearly together. is now that's
2: his name in my head. I love that Dick Hard was bad enough, now he's just Big Dick. Big Dick. You
1: actually, you hear what you want to read. We
2: know that's <laughs> what you meant when you wrote it.
1: <laughs> hey, he's her husband.
2: Because they were all postgraduate students, they got to
1: patronize
2: the postgraduate club. Patronize, not patronize. I'm so glad someone else has done this. <laughs> Two very different things. They got to patronise the postgraduate club and it quickly became their favourite place and was where they had all met one drunken and actually quite debauched evening. Debauched
0: seems to be a thing. I know, I think I should maybe expand my vocabulary. I don't know, I like it because we know what's coming. (laughs) We do know what's coming.
2: From the moment they all met, they knew they had found their kinky kindred spirits. I mean, really in life, are you looking for anything more than your kinky kindred spirits? I don't, and to find them all
0: at once? I mean, ultimately. Why else do you go to uni? really? Well done. I think we should have a well done. Cheers to Glasgow University. University. Thank you, University in the UK. Well, it is now. Oh, God, they're going to love that. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: The week after they had all attended Club Noir together, Glasgow slightly more socially accepted and mainstream fetches club, because you always need a mainstream fetish club. Especially against Scotland. Absolutely. And their body the was solidified. The eight ones are just
0: too niche. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. God.
2: Seemingly forever. In later years came the fateful RAF party, where they lost Darcy, but their lives had remained inexorably intertwined ever since. Astrid had once come back, Come to a black tie dinner at the hall like this one wearing an outfit that was overheard described as something you would see on a Chinese rodeo matador cowboy which is quite an achievement in just one dress.
0: Fucking it was. As Did well, she borrow it awful. From you? Oh God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I think I have a bit more I mean I show more cleavage but... <laughs> There comes the pad again. <laughs> I'm You're just sticking that label back My label's on.
1: lifting. Her, her boobs, like, pushing it
0: off. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. But yes, Astra's outfit. If she ever comes here, I swear to God, we'll get her to describe it, because it was horrendous. Tonight, she was more conservatively dressed.
2: For her, in an outlandish, neon orange, 1980s-inspired, shoulder-padded mini-drink. Yep, that sounds conservative. No, I did. With a V-shaped slit <laughs> to her navel. Absolutely no one else Hunter knew could pull that off. But somehow, with Astrid's shock of spiked black hair and wide, bambi face, it just worked. With her signature coal-rimmed eyes and diamond stud in her nose, she looked every inch the naughty pixie. Jesus Christ, this is a nightmare, Darcy thought, as the love eggs were handed enthusiastically around by Astrid. She tried, at be as enthusiastic as the other women, and she knew Hunter was being supportive when she pointed out her talent for discretion. It was so incredibly frustrating because she did love the sound of the game. She knew that her husband would not be able to handle it if someone else got her remote. He was possessively jealous, which was a turn-on in the bedroom, but nowhere else. She began frantically trying to work out how she was going to manage this little scenario. The disappointing story of her life right now. Meanwhile... Astrid was enthusiastically hitching up her dress and inserting the cheeky little toy without even the merest hint of shyness. Darcy, on the other hand, was fervently wishing she could do this somewhere more private. Darcy did like coming here. It certainly felt like an escape from her quotidian suburban existence. Darcy's nickname had been Double D for as long as any of the women could remember. Those inclined to casual cruelty might suppose it was intended as a slight in-reference to her diminutive breasts. They would be wrong. Rather, it referred to the fact that she was domineering to those she worked with or downright dominant to her friends. She was always in control in the military, in theatre, in life and definitely in the bedroom. Darcy was a dominant. Hunter was a submissive. It's true. Darcy was smart, like scary smart. She was also beautiful, but in a more severe kind of way. Slim to the point of skinny because of the rigours of her work and her competitive nature, Hmm, competitive nature. Yeah, I don't even know, know what that's like. Say. She had a striking, almost aquiline face with the darkest eyes that Hunter had ever seen on a Scottish person. She was currently a military surgeon and had previously spent a few years as a research scientist. She had both an MSc in biochemistry and a degree in medicine and yet she couldn't help but feel she was loving somebody else's life. She loved surgery, she loved the military, she was a ridiculous overachiever but she was always looking for the next thing. Never in the moment and never truly happy. This could have something to do with the fact that she had married the wrong man and couldn't bring herself to divorce him. In her family, that just wasn't done. She also couldn't have that failure on the curriculum vitae of her life. Divorce before 30? No. That was absolutely not going to happen. Ever. She would just suck it up. Like she had for the past year and learn to deal with it. As for tonight, she'd just have to work out a way to let her husband know which remote was hers, or fake reactions at the table
1: every time he moved his fingers. Lose the game, but spare the drama of a scene later. She'd figure it out. Tiffany led the woman down the elegantly curved staircase and through the concealed wood panel drawing room door. You could enter from the perfectly obvious door at the other side of the hallway, but between Richard's flair for showing off and Tiffany's desire to make an entrance, the concealed door was far preferable.
2: I mean, who, who doesn't I pick know, the concealed door? I feel door, like that's I mean. how we grew up. No one ever used the front door.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, well, don't Yeah,
2: the no. no, like, concealed <laughs> off sneak in the back. Ooh, no, that's something,
0: yeah. That's I like, like Be- also, nothing like to Beckham Orgy, nobody grew up doing this. Like, can we just make that very clear? <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Yeah. Just the doorway, the wooden (laughs) doorway.
1: The woman looked delicious and they knew it. Astrid, the exotic bird of paradise in a kaleidoscope of colors. Tiffany, a shimmering mermaid on dry land. Darcy, elegance and class personified tightly encased in a black. And Hunter, provocative, red heels and lips. A woman on the hunt indeed. Talk about not being subtle. I'm so jealous of (laughs) their outfits.
2: Uh, I mean, if walked... I was going
1: to choose a colour, I mean, it's always black,
2: isn't no. it, really? I mean, <laughs> my wardrobe is just Fifty Shades of Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So true. The darker and version gray. of Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Gray. <laughs> Gray's a good day. <laughs> they walked with perfect poise, betraying the fact that none of them were strangers to an astronomically high heels, love eggs, and, in Tiffany's case, the nipple clamps, four hours and counting. You legend. Ouch. <laughs> Walking would be harder once they were actually switched on, of course. They entered the drawing room to audible appreciation from the men. The love eggs being switched on, not the
0: nipple clamps. Just I did wonder if I
1: was like, what's being done now? I yeah. thought they maybe were just clapping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, if that might be the best thing you've said, so opulent, opulent.
2: <laughs> I mean, if if the men have an audibly appreciated me have i really entered a room <laughs> just asking
0: no i think that's that's a fair point no i think it has to be audible yeah otherwise yeah
2: walk out try again
0: i think i think every single time yeah well, yeah yeah you just go in and out all night we're <laughs> just waiting for I'm sorry. <laughs> in and out all night yeah, yeah. A, later on in the party yeah you're in a different kind of room <laughs> pervert honestly <laughs> tiffany Tell you're married to... It. Oh, what is it? Big dick? Big or? dick. dick. Yeah, big, big dick.
2: Guy.
0: Dick hard, guys. Dick, dick hard. hard. What, you... yeah, anyway.
2: <laughs> there's well, a dick in there. as There's definitely
1: it. more wine going down here. Okay, Richard, <laughs> noticeable as the oldest one there. His ruddy features always lit up whenever he saw Tiffany. Even after three years of marriage and a fair few lovers... Oh, lover's tiffs?
0: Or lovers. Or lovers. Yeah, I was like, he's also a
1: cheater? Um, What? (laughs) They remained as besotted with each other as when they met. They shared a long, deep kiss before Richard turned to his guests with a magician's flourish. Welcome to the hall, everyone. Thank you so much for braving the hideous Scottish weather to come all the
0: way into the Central Highlands. It is, as ever, Appreciate it. So, the champagne had been flowing for quite some time. Everyone was definitely starting to feel the thrill of anticipation running through the room. While all this excitement was starting to build, Hunter had somehow, disastrously, and typically, entered a parallel nightmare universe. Hunter had been discreetly horrified when she'd walked into the drawing room and spotted one of Richard's oldest friends, Trigger. I mean, ladies, Trigger trigger the name kind of says it all doesn't it it i mean he's not my favorite he is a creep he is thank you Mm. just
2: straight off the bat we're gonna warn you
0: here he's a
2: creep
1: yeah we don't like him you're gonna you're gonna hear more of it and everybody knows a trigger
2: (laughs) yeah we all we've all we all and everyone everyone
1: has pulled the trigger (laughs) (laughs) speak
0: for yourselves also that's the best thing you've oh, said The centre Can't and pronounce opulent But you've pulled the trigger Pulled the trigger There we go Oh Love it God, Love it I'm I'm I, sorry. I, I love that so much I can't even <laughs> breathe to sit, to, Oh, just say the next line Everyone has pulled the trigger Yes we have Don't you tell me Darcy You haven't got one regret Back in your closet sometime I mean I don't have one <laughs> Enough said I think Oh I love that I'm oh, taking a moment to go ahead myself Oh, my God, my mom is going to be, like, dying right now, okay? <laughs> oh, she'll be listening to this. She had be the first Oh, time. she's
2: pulled a trigger.
0: <laughs> she's pulled all the triggers.
2: <laughs> Dad, sorry. I'm so
0: sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh. Okay, so, <clears throat> moving on. So, Trigger was a frequent fixture at these events, unfortunately. The only one of the women, shockingly enough, that gave a down about the shoot itself was Darcy. Again, I have no idea what you could do around it. <laughs> no idea. A crack shot and schooled since birth and being the perfect country woman that she actually enjoyed the activity and was fucking good at it. Hunter and Tiffany Astrid were far more interested in the appreciate activities. Trigger, meanwhile, had also tried it on with her, um, to her initial dismay-, dismay and current despair, every single time in the past had crossed at one of these things. He just would not accept that she was not, had not, nor ever would be, remotely interested in him. Tiffany had surely brought somebody better than this for her. She could not have meant this when she mentioned that she was bringing somebody for Hunter tonight. Also, what was it with men and touching women they didn't know? Clearly, she could be less interested in him. But she still felt he had the right to paw at her. She consoled herself that this old guard of misogynists, as she liked to think of them, would be dead soon. We are counting down the days. Oh, aren't we, ladies? The day could not consume enough. If the choice was between sucking Donald Trump's cock or shaking this man's hand... You're better bring a folding chair, a book, and a glass of wine because the deliberations will last a while. Oh, (laughs) I
1: can't. All the that was something never ever
2: had had to think, and I have horrified by the imagery. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, I love that you're almost grading that as an analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full marks for effort, zero for execution. (laughs) You got your point across well. Oh my god, negative marks for execution. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's offensive and wrong. Oh, please, somebody, anybody save her. In a silent answer to her silent prayers, all of a sudden, he was there. The most perfect example of masculinity that she could ever have imagined in her wildest fantasies had just walked into the room. Tall, rugged, a slash of stubble complementing the broad shoulders and almost superhero stance. he was a walking growl. Who was this man? She'd never seen him here before, she was certain. She would have remembered. She was also astounded that Tiffany had failed to mention him to her. Certainly, he was far better calibre than the men Tiffany usually dug up for her. She really hoped and suspected it was the man that Tiffany had indeed intended for her all the time. And not the former inebriate. Hunter didn't know what was happening. She had never had such an immediate physical desire for men her entire life. And she had had a lot of desire for men. He cut across her vision as he moved to take a silver champagne flute from the housekeeper Marissa's train. He had an easy smile and the effortless movement of someone with perfect control over their body. He was everything that made for an ideal lover. A searing flash of jealousy at Astrid coursed through under as she watched the two exchange pleasantries that were achingly out of earshot. shot. She would give her favourite leather corset if this man turned out to have her remote tonight. Whereas if it was the man opposite her, she'd have to bathe in disinfectant for days afterwards.
1: Okay, so just before we get started with the aperitifs, everyone, Tiffany said, returning her husband's look warmly. Some information for the gentlemen. Please, when Marissa brings you a glass of champagne, can you also take a remote control from the tray? There was some bemused muttering at this point. None of the men, apart from Richard, had been in on this particular party game. Each of our lovely ladies has, for our mutual enjoyment, added a little extra adornment to their already delicious outfits this evening, and you gentlemen are in complete control of them. The extra excitement being that you have no idea whose pleasure it is for you that you are in control of. We are at your mercy, gentlemen, be kind. Hunter got some champagne
2: down, just in case. She deftly thinned out the bubbles with her silver champagne swizzle stick. A girl's best friend, and a godsend at a party like this, where the champagne would undoubtedly flow all night. I absolutely do know that these are carried in girls' handbags, apparently. <laughs> well, a- our handbags. <laughs> oh, yeah. Astrid was still busy flirting with him, much to Hunter's displeasure, she could also see Darcy whispering urgently into her husband Peter's ear as she searched wildly for a distraction from the Letch. I wonder what that's all about, she wondered, noting the obvious tension in Darcy's face. Finally, she'd had enough. She excused herself and took a determined step towards him. He, who at that precise moment was decorously refilling Astrid's glass and laughing at something she'd said, naturally, at that moment, her pro- progress across the room was halted abruptly with a word from their hostess. Hunter cursed her terrible timing. Okay, everyone, Tiffany interrupted. It's time to head into the dining room. No need to bring your glasses, but gentlemen, don't forget your remotes. The games begin at dinner, she beamed.
0: Oh. So sexy. I have to comment. One
1: last claim. One, one last one. Last yes. Chapter one! Chapter one. We hope you've enjoyed the latest chapter of Ice. If so, buy the book where even more will be revealed. But also get in touch and follow us into our world of debauchery on Instagram at
0: ViceThePodcast. Or find me on Facebook and online at TerryStuartAuthor.com. Until next time.